0: Welcome everybody. My name is Bethany and I'm here welcoming my good friend Erica Irwin. She's from Erica Irwin Weddings and Events. She's a wedding planner. Um she's been doing it now for 12 years and I'm just really really excited to have you on the show. I feel like I know your story, but I really think that everybody else should know your story and you know, I look up to you so much because of, you know, the fact that you have four kids and you still run this business. I still, you know, I don't know how you do it all, but Um, I'm so excited to have you here path to business, the podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Barrett, self-made six figure business owner, photographer, mother of three, who's not afraid of hard work. True connection is a superpower that we can all achieve and sharing your story the way you want to is extremely powerful. I want to celebrate each journey in business as no story is quite the same. Knowing how we got started is so important for growth, especially when we are working so hard within our business. We understand and appreciate the sacrifices and decisions that have led us to where we are today. You've already crushed so many goals and by sharing how you did it, both you and others can continue to achieve all your biggest dreams. Empowering ourselves and others will give you the permission you are seeking that you never needed in the first place to get all you strive for and more. This is your, path to
1: business. Thanks for having me, Bethany. I'm just so proud of you, too, for doing this podcast, for taking a big leap. And so thank you. I feel very privileged to be one of your first guests. So thank you.
0: Thanks, Erica. Um, So we'll get started. Obviously, I already told them who you are and what you do. But um, you know, if there's anything you want to add to it. um, Yeah, that'd be awesome. Sure. Yeah,
1: I feel like whenever we introduce ourselves, it's like all the titles, right? So yeah, so mama four, I actually have a bonus kid right now. So I'm a mom plus four, four uh, four plus one. So mostly teens, 12 to 19. And I'm also married. My husband's name is Mike. And I am a sister. So I have two younger sisters. One is five years younger, one six, six years younger. And I've been a wedding planner now, like you said, for 12 years here in Ottawa. So yeah,
0: Awesome. Um, yeah, and your sisters really look like you. Right? I think or at least one of them does, right? Like you'll post pictures and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> who's who? Sister, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like it when people say we're twins because there's six years between us. So she hates that. She and I'm the older one, so she does not like to say that she's six years older.
0: <laughs> well, you look great for your age, so <laughs> we won't even say your age, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so before your business yeah what did you do tell me about how you know you became a wedding planner because I'm sure that you know everybody probably thinks like I could just plan a wedding especially now that I've you know planned my own wedding like <laughs> right. so how would you do beforehand
1: yeah so actually nothing related so when I I went to uh, Western to University of Western Ontario And when I went there, I actually wanted to be a teacher. So that's how it started. And then I realized that I wasn't really interested in that anymore. So when I graduated, I actually didn't know what I was going to do. And I had uh, planned actually to go back and do an MBA, which is totally not related at all to teaching. But (laughs) I kind of got sucked into the high tech boom uh, in Ottawa back then. And so I got a job with a high tech company working in software. And it was supposed to just be a four month contract, and then it turned into 10 plus years with them it's a big company at the time it was the second biggest company in the world so I did a ton of travel and I was in um, software sales and then I kind of just worked my way up through their corporate food chain Mm -hmm. and ended up being an executive with them and then as we had more and more kids and more and more maternity leaves it got harder and harder to go back to work, obviously, and leave my little people at home. And um, back then, every time you went on mat leave, you didn't necessarily come back to everything being the same so more and more accounts got taken away from me each time and it just kind of lost its luster and it's a lot of travel and my husband still works in high tech so it makes it pretty difficult to both be away when you have this many kids so they were starting to offer layoff packages and I was like I'm taking it so I was out of there and I pretty much knew that I wanted to do something different and probably something starting on my own and one of my girlfriends had said as a joke, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And at the time, I was like, I am grown up. What do you mean? Like, I have a career. I, I am grown up. Yeah. And kids, so, like- and then, I don't know, like, just like out of the blue. Yeah, I know. And out of the blue, I was like, I want to be, at the, at the time, I said a party planner. And she's like, really? And I said, yeah, I love being the one that organizes like baby showers or like bridal showers or any parties. And, like, dinner parties, anything, anything. I love doing parties. Yeah. And so uh, whenever this all happened, I was just like, yeah, like, why can't I do that? (laughs) Why not? You know? Yeah. So probably we're doing it. I know most people, like, probably would go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I knew I wanted to do something like that. And so then at the time, um, the same girlfriend she's our pastor at our church and she said well why don't you start doing all the weddings here so then I started doing all the weddings at our church which is a big church has thousands of people so there's a lot of young adults getting married and so I was probably doing I don't know 30 or 40 weddings a year for them and then sometimes people would hire me to do more than just like what they needed to be done like ceremony wise and I would meet with them and I kind of like honed all my meeting and greeting skills this is while you were still working
0: while you were still working or after
1: no, so at this point I was on, yeah. So at this point I was on my um, like my package that I had. So I had okay. a year because I'd been there so long. So it was kind of a nice jumping point. I didn't just go from a full time corporate career to full stop. You know, okay. entrepreneur. So okay. I had that year to get my get myself organized. And my <laughs> so husband it's is not a
0: lot of time. Busy, so for Christmas. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, so my husband's like super techie. So for Christmas, I got a website. <laughs> so just what every wife wants for Christmas. Website. <laughs> like, Thanks, honey. <laughs> yeah. So <he> my- <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so at the time, you know, I didn't have a ton of weddings to put on there. I just had a little bit and then I just put on, you know, what I could and I was lucky that I'd worked with a couple great photographers. So I had some good photos. Nice. And then, you know, we just kept it pretty basic. And then obviously just added to it over the years. And as my portfolio grew, like obviously added and added from there. So yeah, so that's how it started. So yeah, I went from high tech to wedding planning, completely <laughs> separate. And Do you know lots of people, like they asked me about my journey. What's that?
0: Do you think that um, that helps you now? I'm curious, you know, like, yeah. is, like because you can relate to people, right? In that, in that industry.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think honestly, the things I learned in high tech were very comparable to what I do in wedding planning it's just a different product if you will you know so as an example I had to do a lot of vendor management meeting different vendors seeing if they would be a good fit as partners and that's exactly what I do now you know I have a really curated list which you guys are on it it's this gray loft but I have a really curated list of vendors that I like to work with in Ottawa and I you know keep it pretty tight of those people that I really trust and it was exactly the same thing. Um, at the time, my projects that I would have worked on with high tech would have been multi-million dollars. So I don't have multi-million dollar weddings. You know, I don't have yes, Beyonce on my yes. list, but, you <laughs> yes. know, still big budget weddings and managing budgets and figuring out where it makes sense to spend or not spend. So, you know, a wedding is really just a big project. It's a huge project with lots of deliverables. So very similar again. Um, my background in sales, marketing—you know—that helps as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, just like a lot of really applicable things. So I didn't go back to school to be retrained or anything. I just decided to transfer my skills. So a lot That's of younger people, whenever they contact me to ask how they can get into wedding planning, yeah, I think it's a very different journey when you're 20 or 22 and yeah. you're thinking of jumping in. I think you probably need to go to Algonquin, take event management, and start working at a venue, as an example, somewhere where you're gonna get a lot of exposure, yeah.
0: Yeah. To like multiple weddings. And, you know, I think a big thing too that people don't realize there's a lot of emotions that go into, I mean, I think there's emotions and projects at a workplace, but you know, when it comes to a wedding, there's so many things that come up, right? Like I'm sure you hear it all the time where it's like, Oh, you know, I can't have this person sit next to this person. And what is this person going to think if I don't have, you know, this in my bouquet or, you know, like all these weird things that just have, you know, come. Come into place that you probably would have never seen in the in the tech world, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, yeah I think true. that's interesting. Yeah. I think that's really
1: interesting. Yeah. So, so I think in the tech world, like everything is solvable, you know. So like a big project, you just figure it out. You have to figure out where the money is going to come from, or you make a change in the project. And with a wedding, it's like that as well. Like you have to be able to have a steady head about it, make a decision on the spot figure it out, you know, talk calmly to people, even if inside you're kind of freaking out about something, but just keep a very calm exterior on the outside. But I also joke that I have like an empathy problem, because I like can cry at anything, you know, if somebody is upset about something. So when I see somebody is upset about something, especially emotionally about their family, or yeah. about their wedding day, something isn't going the way they want, I really want to fix it for them. And I want them to be happy. And I just love that feeling of like, okay, they're happy again.
0: So. Yeah. Oh no, you and you do a great job. I know that you know, weddings are, um, you know, like I have yet to be at a wedding where everything ran super smoothly, like regardless, you know, um, but you do a really great job of making sure that nobody sees any of the bumpiness, which I think is a very important role that you play. Um, because you know, it happens, right? Like we know things happen and uh, there's so many moving pieces that, um, you know, stuff comes up. Right. So, um, and, uh, it's so great that, uh, have, working with you, I love working with you. So, yeah. um, yeah. so I was going to ask you a little bit about the spark. Like, I know you kind of touched on it, but what was it that we're like, okay, I really want to do wedding planning. Was it working in the church? Like, um, and people kind of asking you or was someone just like, maybe you should like, you know what I mean? I know you said party planner, but we really need yeah. to do weddings.
1: Well, I had a feeling that I wanted to do like bigger events. So I had actually originally looked at corporate. And so I thought, well, i had been to a lot of trade shows and things like that. And so I thought at first corporate, but it's just very dry and very cold. And so it's just a completely different type of event. And then when I had the idea of of weddings, I thought that was more kind of my speed. It was more what I was interested in. And I like the people aspect and I didn't want it to be necessarily just about the event, which is more of a corporate thing. I wanted it to be about the people. And so whenever I started, whenever my friend asked me if I was interested in this, I thought, yeah, maybe this is a good way to find out if this is what I'm interested in. It's like a nice kind of a soft jump, right? And then whenever I first started it, um, we had a good friend who was quite a bit younger than us, and she was getting married. And she was in her low 20s and really had no idea. And it just happened that her group of friends ended up being like, I have a friend who's a florist, a friend who's a makeup artist, you know, and so we were just like, you are surrounded by the right <laughs> girls. Yeah. And so we helped her with her wedding, like from everything, everything, literally like shopping with her for her dress, like everything. Wow. And so I remember like, I actually took her to get a pedicure and a manicure because she'd never had one before. And she like Aww. made me so happy. <laughs> so that's real. Yeah, very very high level delivery. But uh, anyways, and so after that, I thought, you know what, this is this is what I love. I love this. So it was really that first one, and then again, like just ended up getting a couple more brides, and it just kind of grew and grew. Like my heart just grew and grew for it so much more every time. And of course, you have people that you don't you know click with as much, and especially in the early days where you're not as good as. At meeting people and kind of trusting your gut of who is good and who's not a good fit. Yeah. So, yeah, de- definitely like lessons learned. It's not all like, oh, wow, I just loved it from the beginning and every wedding was beautiful and I loved it all. Of course. Never is. Be Never people is. People that you don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just happens. It just happens. So, and it's not fair when people don't talk about those, things, you know, there's got to be, you got to understand both sides of it.
0: For yeah, sure. we, I kind of call it like, you know, they kept the lights on, but, uh, you know, we did just exactly. did not have that connection, you know, and I think, I think you, you probably do a good job. And, you know, I've really tried to focus on doing a good job of making sure that that connection is there. Um, and sometimes like things happen, right? Like I know, um, sometimes there can just be miscommunications, right? Like s- people get like so emotional and like, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and then they just like freak out at you and you're like, okay, wait a second here. <laughs> what's, what do we do here? You know, and I think that, um, people don't realize, but there is that, right. And it's how you come back from that. That
1: really makes a difference. Yeah, so. no, for sure. For sure. I've been really, lucky. I've never had a bridezilla, but I've definitely had momzillas and groomzillas. So those are the ones that surprise me, you know, you're not ready for them, but I don't know, it just part of it is just to have like some empathy for them. It's probably just a really stressful day and to have a very thick skin, you know, for some things that they might say in the spot and maybe they're apologized or not after. Yeah. But yeah, just knowing that. And I actually love it whenever after a wedding, if a bride asks me like to so tell me all the things that went wrong, or, you know, like <laughs> what you dealt with and, I love it. Whenever they're like, no way. <laughs> that <laughs> <love> happened? <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. no. My friend did that. Oh,
0: <laughs> we have some funny stories, you and I, but, uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. man. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, obviously, you know, this is all about your path. This is all about your journey. Um, is there any kind of steps that you took to sort of grow your business? Like, I know that you had the church that was helping you. You had sort of that one wedding that really had those connections um, yeah. that, you know, helped you that way. But what was it that, you know, what was your path looking like to sort of grow, to get to where you are now?
1: Yeah. So I started in uh, 2008. So this is really before there were anything like e-courses or even just a lot of things available online, you know, so, you I mean, Google was definitely my best friend. You know, I would Google things <laughs> like is, yes. planner contract, <laughs> planner. You know, timeline, <laughs> yeah. and then just take pieces of what I would find online and just see what would apply, and then just build in extra time for things. You know, when I was working on a plan, you know, for a day of, as an example, and yeah. then you would figure out almost like as you go, kind of, I don't know, tune that a bit better. And then um, also, I was really open to asking questions like local people aren't usually the best resource for you. It's actually better to just choose a different city. So I had contacted some wedding planners that were in Montreal and Toronto and asked them questions about their business, told them where I was at. And some were open to sharing, other ones just never responded, but usually the ones are open to sharing. It's such a great resource just to ask questions to other people and see what works, you know, for the industry. And even looking at other people's websites, you know, so I never really tried not to look like it, Ottawa people, I just didn't want to be I didn't want to copy anybody. And I didn't I wanted to do my own kind of resource from just not not use their information, but to look at other cities and just figure out, okay, that's a neat way that they did that. Or I like the way that they had, you know, this many reviews, they had asked their clients to do it this way or that way or pictures, even how you post pictures on your website, things like that. um so like I said at the beginning you know I had that one first wedding that was one of my friends that I knew and Mm -hmm. then from there there were a couple more that came my way that were people that had hurt had actually been at that wedding so that's how it started was some people had been at that wedding and then they said oh we'd like to do we would like you to do our wedding Mm -hmm. and one of the first ones had a great photographer so that was great so I got a lot of photos from that wedding and then um just a couple more kind of came the same way and then once I had a website then it was almost like I was a real business, you know, to have like, that kind of piece online, you know, yeah. real estate. Yeah, your certificate. <laughs> and then from there, I just had more, more Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So then I got to the point where I wasn't interested in doing the church weddings anymore, because they were taking up a Saturday for me, and it might only be one ceremony, you know, and I'm there, you're there kind of an hour before and an hour. So it could be like three hours on a Saturday. And so then I decided that I wouldn't do that anymore. So somebody took it over. And that was probably maybe two years into it that I had stopped doing that. So it wasn't very long that I had done that. And I was also doing my own weddings at the time. So now we're at like 2010, say. And then from there, I just started doing more weddings. And then I started to figure out how I wanted my brand to be.
0: So you'd say most of it was like... um like uh, word of mouth or was that the website? Like what was really kind of building, like where were you finding most of your clients at that time? Cause this is yeah. crazy, like Facebook beats. I mean, Facebook's been around for a while, but I mean, yeah. I don't know how much businesses were doing at 2010. On I don't,
1: Facebook. Yeah, I, I don't even think there were like pages yet on Facebook. Like I, maybe not, I don't know. I don't remember when we started having a page on Facebook actually, but um, yeah, it was definitely word of mouth. I have a really good friend that works at the Ottawa hospital and so I joked that she was my VP of marketing for the medical <laughs> division, because every resident is getting married, right? Or like <laughs> a nurse, nurses are all getting married. So Aww. she just kept saying, Oh, you're stressed, you're getting married, like call my friend Erica, you know, so I ended up getting a lot of clients through her. So I, have, I still, to this day, have probably at least a 50% hit mark when it comes to doctors wow. so yeah so That's that was impressive. probably uh, a word yeah a lot of word of mouth that way but um and then some yeah sometimes from a bride but I think also too because my husband's such a tech geek that he really helped kind of home my website so I was getting really good SEO so a lot of my weddings even today they still come from Google like just somebody types an auto wedding planner and they get me yeah mm.
0: so that was definitely
1: worth take, taking the time because that was pushing me up.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah So a kind of a combination of things like investing in your website, obviously making sure that the experience was, you know, number one. um, And then just having a really good group of, (laughs) of uh, of girlfriends who are just sending people your way. I think that that's kind of an interesting um, one because it does make sense. You know, like I do have quite a few doctors and nurses and stuff and it's like, um, and I have a couple of police officers now too. So I think it's, there's just a trend, you know, depending once you get one, and then they they kind of follow suit right so yeah no um, exactly. exactly and um, I think too,
1: whenever like a defining moment for me was when I started getting phone calls from people where they would say as an example like oh I got your name from the Shadow Montebello," or I got your name from you know and it would, they would name a venue and to me like going out of your way to do a great job so that people can see it and not try to I don't know, just, just be so polite to people and so kind that people don't forget you and that you stand out in that way instead of coming across as pushy or abrasive or any of the things, you know? So I think that made a big difference too. And I've heard many times people say like over deliver, like always over deliver for your clients so that you know, never be thinking kind of dollars and cents like, Oh, I I don't want to stay these two extra hours because, you know, I was like, she didn't pay me for this. But in the meantime, it's like, I'm new and I'm just gonna work my butt off and I want to be known as that person that just goes the extra mile. So yeah. especially when you're first starting out, I think that's important. Um,
0: yeah, I think I think there's a lot of value in that, right? You know, I think sometimes too in the way you position it, right? like people know when you're supposed to leave. like but I, I remember when I first started, I would stay all the time I'd stay like three hours you know yeah. <laughs> and like that means like a lot more editing after too oh, right yeah. so um but you know now I've, I've gotten into the habit of saying you know um if you know I am leaving at this time you know yeah. just so you know um you know like now but back then no <laughs> i just yeah. stay.
1: Exactly. No, exactly. Um, like, I didn't know when I first started, like I would just stay until 1 or 2 a.m. Because I thought you're like as a planner, you were supposed to stay until they literally shut the doors, you know, <laughs> and so I would always just and I did not know what to do with myself between like 9 p.m. and 1 a.m. I would just wander the halls and check are back drunker in and, and
0: talk drunker. On, on, on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized like, no, you don't need to do that, you know. So I mean you get smarter as you go, but at the end of the night, you know, like those first few brides or those first few years of doing that, they would always be so happy and I would be handing them their guest book as they walked up to their hotel room or whatever it is. And so they'd just be so happy to say goodnight to me. I can't believe you're still here, you know. So, but now, yes, yeah. now I definitely put in the schedule, like, approximately when I'm leaving, and I always make sure I have an end time for the photographer so that there's no, you know, everybody knows what time that photographer's leaving <laughs> and what yeah. time takedown crew's coming and what time the DJ is taking on you know, things like that. Yeah. yeah, I definitely want my clients to have a perception of how many hours they paid for.
0: It. <laughs> it's important. I, I, I think it's so valuable for sure. Um, and again, it depends, right? Like, you know, I've, I've stayed at weddings where it's been like, you know, just a really fun crew. We've had a really great day. And, you know, I'll stay, you know, like, I'll stay for a little bit longer. And it doesn't mean I'm working. Sometimes I'll just stay and, you know, Luke likes to dance or whatever. So we might, you know, have a little dance or something and just like chat to people. But um, especially if there's like other wedding vendors, like you, or you know DJs that we know, or things like that. It's just nice to to hang out too. So, um, so um, is there any uh, challenges? So, something I want to talk to you about is maybe any challenges or pivots, you know, that you've perhaps had in your business, um, you know, that have gotten you to where you are today. Is there anything that kind of stands out? It doesn't have to be like a challenge. It could be just a pivot. Um, yeah. You know, if there's anything like that that you can share. Um,
1: yeah well, I think early on, as I'd mentioned, you know, I was taking a lot of weddings where i I maybe was like wasn't listening to my gut, and so uh I think that you get really a lot smarter with that, and I found that I got to the point where sometimes saying no was actually better than the money that was going to come from that wedding just from a you know, mental health standpoint of how you were going to be able to handle a certain wedding and how much physical and mental energy they were going to take or emotional energy they were going to take from you. So now I really try to think of it as – you know, that's going to be time that I'm not going to be with my family. So is this couple going to be worth it? Like, is this people that I really want to work with? And, you know, now I'm, I've gotten really good at being able to do that. So just being able to sometimes say no and not always having to say yes. I know whenever you're first starting out, you're thinking more about, you know, booking that many weddings or whatever. You're thinking just to try to fill your books. And yeah. in the meantime, sometimes, yeah, sometimes saying no is just a, a wiser answer. And then also too, I changed the way that I looked at my brand. So, you know, I don't have a huge team of, of associate planners that work under me. Every couple that works with me, they work directly with me. i there on their wedding day. And if I bring staff with me, if I bring, you know, an assistant with me, then that's something that is happening in parallel with them being, being with me, but it has nothing to do with my, who my client deals with. Yeah. So that also meant that, As an example, like I don't do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekend. I only do one a weekend. So I had... A couple times where that had happened, where I had booked myself Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, come Sunday, there was nothing left of me for my family. So my feet were killing me like I was just done. So I decided to change how I do that personally. So I, yeah. you know, if I have a rehearsal on the Friday, I'm at that person's rehearsal. And then I'm at their wedding on the Saturday. And then some Sunday, sometimes there's still things that need to be kind of closed up so it really is for the whole weekend so that was a change because i did have years where i was booking myself if it worked out you know i could do a friday saturday sunday i would and so i did change that about my business um yeah so there's been things like that really like where you just you learn what works for you And your lifestyle and with your, especially if you have a family, you just need to be able to work around that. And just sometimes saying no is really the answer. You can't always say yes. And even, you know, when people want to meet me for coffee now, like I don't always say yes. And, you know, I really, I find it that people don't realize like how much time they're taking whenever they ask, oh, can I meet you for coffee? And it's a new vendor that's maybe just moved to town and already have great vendors in that that sector. Like it really is a lot of my time to go and meet you. I mean, there's hair, there's makeup, there's driving, (laughs) there's meeting, you know? So I have gotten better at being able to say no. And like, look, just saying to people like, listen, just send me your website. Let me take a look. And if I think that there's a fit, I'll add you to my list. And if there's a client that comes up, that might be a fit, then I'd rather meet you then. I'd rather come to you with business than just come to you for coffee. So, yeah, so, so, so I am going to, to watch that too, you know, because <laughs> it is good to network.
0: You yeah. um, Can you talk a little bit about like how you manage? I know it's not something we, we prep for, but a little bit about how you manage your time because I think, you know, I think as a As a wedding planner like the bulk of your work obviously happens way before the wedding Um, but you know you also manage like four very competitive or you know very active uh, children (laughs) as well so I'm curious you know how do you kind of integrate like do you set yourself a schedule kind of thing based on things or you know like I, I guess I'm just curious how that process looks from from that perspective because I think all of us you know we do kind of manage and all these different hats, (laughs) but I'm curious how you do it with the four kids. (laughs) That's mostly
1: how I always like I'm sure you've heard this saying, but if you want something done, you give it to a busy person you know so like I'm always that person that I'll sign myself up for something at the school to manage something and I'm thinking what am I going to fit this in but you we used to joke like you never ask mom who only has one kindergartner like she'll never get it done you give it to the person <laughs> with the four kids <laughs> and she'll get it done so but it means like I have a pretty regimented schedule you know and so I put everything in my calendar like even if it's picking up or dropping off the kids as far as sports and uh, yeah I have a lot of kind of high level athletes in my house so Mm-hmm. they require a lot from me. and But this is part of why we did what we did as far as me being an entrepreneur and being able to do the schedule I have is that I have the flexibility. My husband basically has no flexibility when it comes to what his day looks like. It really is on calls all day. Okay. So, or, you know, I get up at around six and I try to get ahead a little bit as far as some email first thing in the morning and I make my kids breakfast every day so even though they're teenagers I don't want them to just eat a bowl of cereal so we kind of they kind of like oh my god eggs again you know you're <laughs> lucky your mom makes you eggs
0: yeah so well so, and then
1: once yeah I know it's like a buffet <laughs> so, mine, so once mine are lucky if they get a
0: piece of toast like, you know <laughs> <There> you <go>. <laughs> <laughs> toast and peanut butter yeah. again <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> you know like, so and then once they're out the door then I usually try and go for a run so I try to run every day and um, not always on the weekends but definitely work days and so if I can get my run done that's great and then it really is straight to work and I usually work until about three so and then of three o'clock is usually when I do the swim pickup for my son and then I can normally get in a couple more hours after that for dinner and um, but after dinner normally I don't try, I try not to work in the evenings unless I have a meeting and a lot of times I'm going to my clients' homes so I would be meeting them there but I do try not to make it a five nights a week meetings and try to limit how many meetings I do in the evenings if possible I like to meet people during the day because I do work during the day yeah so if you think about it it's probably more like of a nine to three schedule uh, as far as a work day for me and then obviously there's weekends as well so Friday nights normally a rehearsal and then Saturday would be a wedding in and, and mostly in wedding season obviously.
0: Interesting. Cool. Well, definitely, you know, you do get a lot of things done and, you know, I I feel similar in the sense, you know, we have obviously three kids, so kids, so, you know, and in the baby stage. So it's, um, you know, trying to manage that, trying to, uh, you know, still be present with them, but also manage the business. So, um, you know, I know that it's it's, it's challenging, but again, I do believe the same thing that busy people do get stuff done because that's how I function. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so is there any, um, highlights? I was wondering if there's any highlights, you know, that stand out to you that you probably will never forget. It could be just stories, um, you know, funny stories or things like that, but is there any things that, you know, that stood out and you're like, you know what, I'm really doing what I should be doing. You know, like this is, this is my, my jam.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I love and my husband and I kind of joke about it every time I get home from a wedding is I always um, love being mentioned in the speech. So if they say, you know, we really want to thank Erica, then I always, I don't know, it's almost just like a little pat on the back of like they yes, made the speech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So whenever I get home from a wedding, he always says, did you make the speech? Aww. So we kind of go on that. And and sometimes, you're like you know they just forget and then after the next day they send you a text and they're like i can't believe i didn't say thank you to you you know so it doesn't mean anything necessarily you're like standing right there too
0: right like i find with us too sometimes we're standing like right in front of them and they're like thanks to the venue and thanks to this and you're like (laughs) like what about Um, us (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: funny thing is is that sometimes it's the most grateful brides that have said thank you all along you know I had this one where she used to send me like flowers and fruit baskets so like, she was so grateful the whole planning and then she thanked everybody forgot about me at the <laughs> wedding and so when I came home that night my husband was like did you make the speech and I'm like no and I can't believe it you know and and then the next day, of course, I got this phone call and she was like almost in tears. I can't believe I forgot to mention you. I'm so sorry. So Aww. yeah, sometimes it has nothing to do with how they're feeling in the moment. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So I really love that moment. And then I really love the moment where we're saying goodbye. Like at the end, it's very bittersweet, but like the, I always joke, it's like a sweaty hug on the dance floor. Yeah. As you say sweaty. goodbye. <laughs> and I really love that moment. For sure. Sweaty. Yeah. yeah. They're always so like, sorry, I'm so sweaty. Yeah. I'm totally.
0: yeah Uh, what do you think's been happening all day (laughs) 30 degrees outside and I'm wearing all black (laughs) and carrying around all this stuff right
1: um it's funny I love I love portion of the of of a wedding day you know but like as far as like my kind of career I think probably whenever I started to see leads that were coming into me that were from venues I just loved like that was kind of like a big reassurance, like almost like I've made it, you know. If yes. these beautiful venues are offering your name up as somebody that they should work with, you know, and so I felt like that was really like a big compliment. Yeah, a big compliment.
0: Yeah, I and think that I think I, that's important um, too. Yeah. Having other vendors refer yeah. you, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember there was one time where I had, I hadn't worked with this photographer before and we were at a venue and it had no air conditioning and they had just come in from taking photos and they were exhausted like just was super hot. It was probably like 36 degrees. And I had said to them, "Do you guys want a coke or like a ginger ale, like something cold with, you know, some sweet sugar?" And they both just looked at me and and I was like, "Or or not, it's fine." Yeah. <laughs> and they said, We've never had a planner be so nice to us. Like, uh, oh, sure, we'd love that. And I was like, oh, oh, that's such a nice compliment. Like, all I did was try to mother you by, you know, giving giving you some sugar and a cold drink. <laughs> yeah. So things like that. Yeah.
0: It goes a long way, though, I think, especially, you know, when you can notice that, you know, like, I I try my best to talk to people, but sometimes I'm just like, you know, I'm on like a, like, you know, where do I have to be next, you know, (laughs) like trying to anticipate moments, right? Um, I think that's a big part of our job is just anticipating when things are going to happen. I mean, you plan for it, but things sometimes just happen when they happen right so um you know that's a, it's so nice to have someone there and I know you do
1: take great care of
0: us you're always like eat 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 we need you to eat so you don't pass out
1: <laughs> so I, I it's always joke I'm kind of like the guard dog for the photographer's meals because the staff always wants to take the meal away I'm like don't touch your meals <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she'll
0: get really yeah she'll get really
1: creme brulee. Yeah. <laughs>
0: She needs our creme brulee. (laughs) Um, so, um, I was going to ask you as well, if there were any tips, you know, like, I know you've touched on a couple, but is there any that maybe that you would give to someone who's just starting in a similar business that maybe not even necessarily wedding planning it could be just event planning or, you know, corporate. <laughs> and now that you've got so much experience, have, do you do any corporate? I was curious. I, I don't know if yeah. I've ever asked. I've done, corporate,
1: I've done a couple corporate things, like not a ton by any means, but, um, I haven't loved it. So now when I get phone calls about it, I just say no. I just say no. And even honestly, the same thing. Like if somebody contacts me for some kind of shower, I'm always like, Hmm, I don't know about that. You know, it's not really like my main gig. So yeah, I guess that would be like one tip right away is just to figure out who your audience is. Like, is it going to be, you know, potentially showers, engagement parties, like all that, or do you need to be a little bit more niche? So for me, I'm pretty niche. Like when it comes to actually weddings, yeah. unless it's, you know, it's attached to their wedding. Like, you know, if it's an Indian wedding and they have like their sandwich or something like there's something else, then okay, that's different. But yeah, I've done a couple of birthday parties like for <laughs> men who are organizing birthday parties for their wives, which is really funny. Then women always seem to have a down pat, but I have done that before like where there's been, um, but it's almost been like mini weddings, like they've been big, okay, know, bigger birthday parties. Yeah, like not the usual birthday party, yeah.
0: <laughs> not your like you know thousand oh, your backyard thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With my paper plates you know <laughs>
1: exactly. no, like yeah. <laughs> um yeah. awesome uh um, is there, there do you want me to tell you some tips do you want to yeah, get yeah if you have some yeah, so as far like as far as new people starting, um, I think it's unreasonable to ask people necessarily to come and meet you for coffee. I think that that is really turns me off when people say like, "Hey, can you come and tell me like what you love about wedding planning and I'll meet you for coffee." I would say that it's much easier to get somebody just to meet on the phone than to ask them for that much of their time. Um, so I'm happy to talk to people on the phone, but really like if they ask me to meet in person, I'm always like that's a chunk of my day like my work day is already really small so for new people starting I think it's a much easier ask to ask for a phone call or a I remember I had somebody recently where they asked for a zoom call and I was like why like why do you need to see me <laughs> we could just talk on the phone. You know? So anyways, so, yeah, so that would be one thing. And then um I think that if like I was saying before, if you're young and you're very untrained, like you haven't been in the industry, I think you need to find ways to get experience yourself. So that might be going back to school, getting retrained, or getting trained to begin with, and just getting yourself some kind of entry job in a venue is probably the easiest place. Um I I know a lot of people who will take uh, interns like as wedding planners, but I would only do that if you're getting paid, because you should never be working for free. It's actually against the law. So you should definitely always be working for a wage. Or if you're a co-op student, obviously, that's a different story. But uh, you should always be working for a wage. So I would highly recommend somebody just go and work for a venue uh, over just offering a work for free. So that's my advice. And then I also think that um, another way to get some experience is to offer to do things like I did, like for your friends. So if you have, you know, a friend who's getting married, offer to help them out. And it could just be a party, like a really extravagant party or a baby shower, or bridal shower, whatever it is. But just start to do things like that. Um, you could also collaborate with some people who are also new to be able to do some style shoots. Um, one thing that I kind of cautioned about that is You don't want to make your style shoot look like that was a real event. I think that's very misleading for couples whenever they see a style shoot and they think it's somebody's wedding that they have coordinated and planned and styled and everything because it's not a real wedding. You haven't gone through the whole day. You haven't gone through all the ups and downs with the family and the venue and the vendors. So just be very honest about it being a style shoot. I really don't like that when people are new and they start up a website and they put only style shoots on there. I think that's very misleading and does not, I don't know, I just don't like stuff like that. I, I like people to be honest, you know, just have some integrity.
0: Do you think that, um, do you think that, that bride and groups don't know do you think that that's something that, um, like they would assume like mm-hmm. this beautiful model is like, uh, a, is a, is a, it's just fake. I, I feel like it's hard. I guess it depends on the styled shoot. Right. Um, but like, I think, I think there's, there's, there's pros and cons obviously to, to doing styled shoots. Um, but, uh, yeah. Do you think bride and grooms know? You think they know? I'm curious. No,
1: because I've shown photos before and people will say, like, oh, I love this look. And I'll say, Well, the issue is is like right now the plate is already on the table and the plate's not on the table. So you need a charger plate because otherwise the plate's in the kitchen and it's getting food put on it. You know, so sometimes you have to kind of break it down, especially with interest. Uh, you have to kind of break it down for the client to understand like that's not a real thing. Like or they love the candles that are on the table and hardly any venues allow you to have candles that aren't, don't have a sleeve around them, as an example, you know, like with the flames contained. And so there's just like kind of a lot of creation. but I think sometimes people really think that that's a real, you know, table setting that somebody has done.
0: And in the meantime,
1: it's maybe only for six people, you know, and when you try to multiply that budget that you took to do that style shoot, I mean, I've heard the expression that I think like a style shoot for about 10 people is about $12,000 worth of, you know, mostly donated items of florals or whatever, yeah. there's a model and so on. And then if you try to replicate that for an entire room, you know, 10, right? you're yeah. talking about a hundred plus thousand dollars in decor and that's not, you know, as feasible. So yeah. yeah. So I think sometimes you have to kind of break that down and I don't, and I have nothing against style sheets. Like I think style sheets are great, but no, I just no. don't like it when people try to pass them off as the only thing they have on their website, you know, yeah. I think you've got to have some real, No, I I was just uh,
0: curious more from the, you know, what clients, because I've never had a client be like, I want this because I don't really, you know, really (laughs) deal with that part in my business. I I mostly get people who want like poses and stuff, which again, we can recreate, but sometimes it's like, you know, their husband is like six foot and they're five foot and like, how am I supposed to? I can't recreate that. Like you want them to get on a stool, <laughs> and then, you know? <laughs> so I have to be very realistic, you know, with sometimes what I'm trying to do or some, it, sometimes it's weird with the arms too. They'll have them like wrapped around each other in a certain way. And just some of my couples are just not like that, but they're, they love that pose. Right. And you're just yeah. like, this isn't, work. Yeah. so um no, those are great tips. I uh, I appreciate you sharing them. And I think, you know, for people who are just starting out, uh, it's, it's hard, right? You're just trying to do everything. I think similarly in our world, you know, we, I used to take photos of everything until I figured out what I really wanted to do. Um, so it's great that you're telling people to try a niche as quick as they can, you know, try the things, but then figure out what they really love sooner rather than later. So yeah.
1: um and it's possible that you figure out that maybe it's not weddings that you love maybe it's doing the other events around a wedding maybe that's what it is you know so it's hard to say that oh you just have to do this one thing but yeah I think as soon as you can get niche like to be niche and I I mean it took me 12 years to be niche right so I wasn't I mean I guess I started to be niche probably about four years ago like pretty pretty good at saying no to some things or even whenever people say no to me like oh we're throwing a backyard wedding in Quebec and we have an old barn and I'm like no okay oh, thanks <laughs> like that's not for me you know <laughs> yeah <And I'm> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's hard right like I, you think that saying no would be easy but it really is no. hard sometimes you know
1: no um, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I'm also very good now, like uh, this would be, I guess, another tip is just blocking out your schedule. If you, if you have, as an example, a hard time saying no to be able to book some vacation, you know, book out your schedule. And so what I've done for years is just kind of seeing where weddings fall and then figure out from there where I'm taking two weeks vacation in the summer. But sometimes that just doesn't work out very well. So if you're very you know, if you, if you feel by the end of your summer that you feel that you've missed out, then be very good at blocking out your time, you know, and, and scheduling some time for you or for your family or whatever. But yeah. So just, again, I feel like I'm saying like, say no, say no, say no, but (laughs) but 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 also say yes. (laughs) yes. Um, Yeah. No, beginning you don't have, you just say yes you know you say yes a lot so but just maybe keep it in the back of your head you know like should I be maybe be saying no? yeah well you didn't
0: really start saying no for eight years so that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of you know uh proof that like you know it takes time and you have to you know figure out what works for you and you know um go through up and nouns, right which everybody goes through um, and uh, yeah no I think you I, I, I think it, it, it's good to do it sooner than later even in my own experience so um, is there um, one of the things I want to ask you is about tools that you use I, I've obviously been privy I've seen some of your schedules and your, you know you do a great job at that but is there anything that um, you found to be really helpful um, in your business Yeah. Well,
1: I think at the beginning, like I'm still a big believer in this, that, you know, what your, your revenue that you make, you have to after obviously take out your expenses and then your take home is something different. So I am quite careful about making sure that I don't add things that maybe will make my life easier, but are too big of a price tag for that point in my business you know so like when I first started I really was using literally just like Word and Excel you know and I would make spreadsheets and then I would email them to my clients and then they would update the spreadsheet and they would email it back you know <laughs> so we just had documents that went back and forth and then it was you know we, then we moved to like a Google Drive and being able to have things that we share I and mean, we update online together and you know there's definitely like limitations to both of them but what i liked about doing something like that was i had control over how it looked and what it felt like as far as the information that was in it you know Mm -hmm. so uh what i what i love
0: what i love sorry to interrupt you but what i love about your spreadsheets is or um your timelines it'll say like um who's picking up the, the knife and the, you know, the thing for the cake <laughs> it'll be like mom, mother-in-law, you know, and <laughs> it'll just have these little things. And I, I absolutely love it because I wouldn't think of that, you know, like, even if I was planning my own wedding, who's picking up what, like, I love it. So it's
1: awesome. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and, you know, and that's like slowly been built like over years and you just have like, oh my gosh, somebody forgot the cake knife at the venue, you know, so make sure we have like the person responsible for the silly cake knife. But, um, yeah, so, so then re- but recently I ended up moving to an online planning tool called uh, Aisle Planner. And okay. so that's completely changed my business. It took me a really long time to get it going the way I like it. And coming from a software background, I actually find it really frustrating because I'm super used to corporate tools. So I've put in a lot of change requests to them <laughs> to make like a little bit, I don't know, a little bit slicker. Yeah. So yeah, so there's definitely things like that I, you know, kind of miss about the way that I used to do it that I can't quite customize, you know, in their tools. So that's like sometimes kind of hard when you buy a tool you want it to do exactly what you want it to do, and if it doesn't, then you're kind of frustrated with it. So so you have to accept the limitations sometimes of what you can do. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, so so that's kind of been a new thing that I added. So even and even that, you know, that took me 12 years to do. So it's got a monthly investment, so you have to pay every month, you know, so and the other thing I don't love is that you don't own your information. So if their site goes down, then you're really reliant on them. So that was one of the reasons that I kind of hemmed and hawed about it um so but yeah as far as tools like so that would be kind of my major planning tool and yeah. then i love small tools like just even things like scheduling your instagram posts like i like using later uh with the scheduling tool so even just little things like that i find are really helpful yeah. Um, and you figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And, you know, some people will say, oh, you shouldn't use a plan. You shouldn't use a scheduling tool because then Instagram knows that it's being scheduled and, you know, okay, that, maybe that's true. Who knows? But in the meantime, you know, I can't necessarily be waiting at that exact moment to yeah. post because I know that my audience is online at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> yeah. so sometimes that's just not.
0: Yeah. Or at three o three in the right. afternoon or, you know, <laughs> so.
1: Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. It always seems to be the times like where I'm either getting kids out the door or I'm picking somebody up. And those are the times that are like the best times to be posting or yeah,
0: engaging. People are bored, right? They're on their phones, yeah, you know, sitting that's on a right. bus or something.
1: No, it. Um, exactly. It. Yeah.
0: Um, so I, I, I want to just sort of leave if there's anything else that you, you know, you wanted to share, um, but if not, uh, just how, how can people find you if there's, you know, if they want to follow you or find you to book you for their wedding, um, I would love to, uh, for you to share that information. And then if you have any final, final tips or things you want to mention, that would be great.
1: Okay. Well, as far as where to find me, my uh, everything is almost Eric Irwin. So ericirwin.com is my website. You can go and check that out. And then as far as even on Instagram or on uh, Facebook, it's Eric Irwin weddings. That's where you can find me. And I love to have like chats about weddings. I don't have, you get a free consultation. And even right now with everything going on with COVID-19 in Ottawa, I've been, offering for free to talk to people who don't have a planner and just want some advice so if anybody wants to reach out for that feel free to um i I hope i've made it sound like i don't say no a lot (laughs) but i am i do love to chat about weddings i definitely love to talk to people about their weddings it's one of my favorite parts it was always one of my favorite parts like in even when i worked in high tech was like that that first meeting i just love that um meeting of getting to know people i'm definitely an extrovert so i love to talk Yeah, and sometimes too much, too fast. (laughs) Well,
0: today you don't have to worry about telling people no anymore because you can't see them for coffee. So that's right.
1: Good point. Good point.
0: You know, if everyone's staying home these days, um, so it does. You know, hopefully, you know, you can still chat with people, like you said, on the phone. Um, and I, I think that I think it's important for people to understand how important it is to say no. Um, so, I'm glad that you, you know, drove that home because, you know, it's something that takes time to develop. It really isn't something that you're just able to do overnight. And if you can, that's awesome. But it's not something that comes naturally to a lot of us. So, um, even now, I have a hard time saying no. I feel bad, you know, I feel bad sometimes. But uh, so, yeah. thank you for sharing everything today. And, you know, we, I hope that uh, people follow and, 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 you know, get to know you because, as much as I have, because it's really,
1: great working with you. So
0: thank you oh, for thank your time you. today.
1: Thank you. And you know how much I love working with you and Luke. So I can't <laughs> wait for hopefully this summer, if not the fall, if not next year. I know. <laughs> All right. Bye.
0: I'm over here about to do a happy dance because you just finished another episode of my podcast path to business where we get to hear amazing stories of how wonderful people got started and hopefully one day we'll be able to share yours too. If you want more info, head on over to our show notes page where you'll find all the latest info about this episode and links to the guests on the show. You can also find the latest discount codes or freebies I've put together just for you. Also, I wanted to personally invite you to my private Facebook group where you can meet other like-minded entrepreneurs like yourself who are making waves in their business and want to help and inspire others to dream big. The links are waiting for you, so head on over to grayloftstudio.ca slash path to business.